Hey, welcome to Perspectives. Today, I'm joined by Emily D'Angelo and Brady Randall. Uh, Brady serves as our campus pastor of our Butler campus. Emily works with the women's ministry at our Wexford campus. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. So Perspectives is a podcast that we've been doing that just allows us to talk about uh, issues that are important, hopefully issues that are important in life in general, and kind of explore how they tie to faith from a Christian perspective. And today we're going to talk about something that is a long-standing debate among Christians, um, and yet at the same time has had a spotlight probably focused on it in recent days because of some of the pronouncements of some Christian leaders of their prophetic visions or understandings, and I, I probably shouldn't even use the word Christian leaders, Christians with notoriety, um, just they, they aren't leaders in my mind necessarily, but um, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, the, some of them have made pronouncements about how God told them about what was supposed to happen with Donald Trump. And so what you get is, is people saying, oh, so-and-so said that Donald Trump is God's chosen person for America. So any other view, you know, Republican candidate, anybody else, you're going against God. And then others look at that and say, that's patently ridiculous. Why should I believe this person has any view into this and care at all? Uh, and, and so what that, uh, the, the reason I bring that up here to start is because it focuses the issue of, does God impress on people prophetic words that should be taken as authoritative from God um, for people today? And again, uh, Christians have long kind of answered this in different ways. Um, so, um, so, so let's just start kind of with the President Trump piece. Um, just, just give you each a chance to kind of opine on that for a moment, and then we'll move to kind of the broader issue. Yeah, I, th I think it's it's been really interesting to follow. I um, <clears throat> there was just an article out uh, probably mid to early January about all of these supposed prophets who are repenting of, of having said Donald Trump will be in the office for four more years. And so on the one hand, I, I've appreciated their, because they, they said the, you know, God is on the line or God's trust in me as a prophet is on the line and they've had to repent. And there are others, even in very recent days, um, so I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but by mid-January, that are still saying Donald Trump will be in the office. And in fact, one prof prophetess uh, she said, I'm telling you, Donald Trump will be in the office, even if he dies to be able to do it. And if he does die, I will resurrect him. So this was prophetess <laughs> saying he will be in the office. And then another gentleman uh, just this past weekend was saying he's been called a false prophet because it doesn't look like Trump is going to be in the office. And I am a true prophet and anyone who thinks otherwise can shove it in his words. So that, that's been really interesting for me to see. And then on on kind of a comical perspective and then on a more serious perspective, what's that doing to the name of Christ and what's it doing to his apparent uh, followers and his apparent spokespeople as it were. So that's just been really interesting sort of to follow from afar. Okay, Emily? I guess my response to that would be to, um, to listen and test all prophecy. Paul tells us to test it with, does it align with scripture and has it come true? 
And so I kind of take the wait and see approach, um, but I would cautious someone who cautioned someone who was listening to that person and taking that as their gospel truth. And I'd say, well, let's, let's wait and see what comes true. And let's get back to what does God's word say about this particular statement of someone? Okay. Um, it's a simple test. It's a, a simple way to, to discern, like Paul tells us to discern um, prophecy okay. in that way. Okay, so so how does this relate to the bigger issue? I mean, Emily, in a sense, you just stated kind of your position and approach uh, pretty clearly to the broader issue by applying it to that issue. So, so if I understood you, you basically are saying, yeah, it's possible that God was speaking through these people, even if some people say that's crazy. Um, the day we're recording this is actually the day before the inauguration. This will come out after the inauguration. And so barring something, um, you know, completely unforeseen, which, you know, maybe give credence to something, um, you know, anybody who's prophesied that is going to be wrong uh, in a few hours, in a few days. Um, and, and so your basic approach is saying, but it's possible, but I'm uh, going to take a wait and see. Um, so what does it do for you when somebody's wrong? How, how, do you, how do you resolve that in your mind when they say, I got a word from God, God said this to me, and I'm speaking it forward, so either they were wrong or God was wrong. How, where's the wrong in this? So I, I would say never is God wrong. <laughs> I know him to be one who does not lie. I know him to be one who makes and keeps promises. So I think I would point the person back to the truths of scripture. Um, I, I was doing a little research and just in my daily readings this week, I was reading about, it, we're, we're in Genesis because we're reading through the Bible this year. And talking about um, Abraham was referred to by King Abimelech as a prophet. The very That's the first mention in the scripture of this word prophet, right? And he was basically just saying that he is one who speaks on, he knows the plans of God. He speaks on, the, on behalf of the people to God and from God to the people. And so I would just kind of go back to, to that, that people can be wrong. We can misunderstand um, what we think. God says to us, and the humble prophet, if he claims to be a prophet, would say, like Brady explained earlier, I repent. I was wrong. I'm going to move forward and continue to listen to God. That's the person I would be more inclined to listen to than the one who um, would blame God okay. that he was wrong. That seems... All right. Brady, how do you kind of take the whole issue? I mean, is it possible that God gives you know current revelation to people today and that they can speak for God? And then how do you how do you hear that or understand that? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, God is infallible, but people are fallible. And so I believe God gives gifts. I'm I'm of the conviction God gives still gives the gift today of uh, prophecy. It might be helpful to kind of uh, identify our terms. Um, but in the, in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 18, uh, if a prophet was not correct, that prophet was killed. Um, so you could tell a false prophet if what they said didn't come true, whereas uh, in the New Testament, we're told to weigh the prophecies. In other words, the so scripture would be our bedrock, and if something someone says either doesn't come true or it, it doesn't mesh with scripture, that's a way to weigh the prophecy. And, and, and speaking of people who may have been wrong, uh, Paul says in Romans 12, 6, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. 
there may have been a faith issue, a connection issue, not hearing correctly. And some of the fault, some of the prophets who have repented have said just that. I came up with this on my own. I wasn't spending some time with the Lord, um, but but it would be my conviction uh, that that's that um, that certainly people have um, impressions um, based on what God has given them. Just like if, if, if let's say I have the gift of encouragement, why well, may not always encourage people? You know, I have that gift, but I am a fallible, sinful person. I may not always use that in proportion to my faith. So that's where I would think, yeah, just because someone may have a gift of prophecy from the Holy Spirit, um, we are called to test uh, prophecy as well. And we're, when we're told not to despise prophecy as well, 1 Thessalonians 5.20, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all and hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. And so I think that's a good word for us as well. Yeah, there's... um. I think there's, you mentioned defining terms, and I, and I do think that's important because um, to me, one of the challenges in understanding this issue is, is how is the term used in the Old Testament? How is it used in the New Testament? And is it the right assumption, um, and you just made a case for it, Brady, um, that, that in the New Testament, prophecy is fallible, in the Old Testament, it's infallible. Um, in other words, a prophet in the Old Testament, if they were wrong, you said it, get, was stoned, uh, was killed. Uh, so, so there was no room for it. Um, is the New Testament using prophecy in the exact same way, uh, or is it a different, a different thing? And that may be on the scope of our podcast here, or maybe not, to get into the minutia of, of how we understand that. I, um, what I struggle with in this is, is I'm not sure it's helpful to use the word prophecy as it was used in the Old Testament or to have a different definition for it in the New Testament, because prophecy is generally speaking what's been revealed uh, is the idea of prophecy, if I were to define the term. And I think it's probably helpful to say prophecy in the New Testament is speaking what has already been revealed in Scripture uh, rather than a new impression. So in other words, when somebody says, I believe Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris is God's chosen person or anything like that, I can step back and say, that's not in scripture. I don't need to listen to you. I don't need to even consider whether or not what you are saying is, is prophetic or of God because it's not in scripture. Therefore, I don't even need to, to give that credence. And, and in fact, I think it's, and, and you know, those are easy ones to kind of say that to. What's harder is when somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I feel like God gave me a word and I'm going to say this to you today. Um, but even that I'm leery of. Now, I'm not leery of saying there's an impression or that I feel like God kind of put this on my heart or something. But the reason I like that, that phraseology better is it takes the authority question out of it and it says, okay, I think maybe this is what God's saying but I freely admit I could be wrong. As soon as you say this is a prophecy, um, now you're dealing with authoritative trying. And even if you, you are really careful to try to say, look, I don't want to give this the level of scripture and all of that. There's still something that as soon as you say, this is God, um, that, 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 that elevates it. And I know the, the text about evaluating, evaluating the prophecies. And again, I think sometimes our vision of this is that is that, you know, somebody would come in and have a prophecy and everyone would sit back there going, thumbs up, thumbs down. You, you know, which way do we go on this? Is that true? Is it not true? 
I think what was probably more likely was, was people were speaking from the scriptures um, and interpreting them, teaching them, and then people were saying, is this sourced and the correct interpretation of scripture, rather than just this is a crazy moment where somebody says something. Now, neither point is definitive. I'll gladly say that because we don't know 100% in scripture, but to me, that's a that's an easier, fuller understanding rather than saying prophecy morphed from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and now it, it means nothing more than an impression that could be wrong, could be right. Um, I, think, I think prophecy should be reserved for something that has more authority, and the idea of impressions or thoughts, hunches, um, even, even a spiritually in, um, given impression can, can be that. And, uh, and I've certainly experienced impressions where it's like, ah, it feels like God's pushing me to something here, to say something. But, but I still think it's wiser to hold it with open hands and say, but I could be wrong. And that's why I don't like putting the word prophecy with it. And I think especially in, in a spiritual endeavor, you know, especially like in a church, um, you know, like if I stood up and said, um, hey, I feel like God told me this. Well, who's going to argue? Um, I mean, hopefully lots of people. Uh, if, if we've taught them well over the years, hopefully a lot of people would argue. But, but you see this all the time in churches where, where pastors will say, you know, God told me this. And it's like, well, how do you argue once God has told somebody something? Um, because now I've got God on my side. And, and so I always feel like, even though there are times I feel like God is prompting or leading, that should be confirmed through the plural leadership of the church, through staff members, through elders, through our board, and should never be just, God told me, therefore, here we go. And so I'm more inclined to say, you know, it seems to me like maybe God's leading us this direction. And then I want to hear from other people and give them a chance to confirm that that is indeed the way God is leading us, rather than I have a word from on high and I'm and I'm throwing down with it. But 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 again, I think this all gets mixed together. So what reactions do you guys have? Yeah, I think that's wise, Kurt. And that phraseology and that posture, I think, of humility and saying, I think, but but weigh this against the scriptures. Uh, weigh this if, if God has placed elders over us under our care, weigh this within the leadership. Um, and, and thinking about what prophecy is. Um, today, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 says um, in verse 3, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And, and I think it'd be interesting, um, just Kurt, to hear, hear the way that you see the word prophecy when, you know, 1 Corinthians uh, 14.1, where Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Um, how you would take that that particular truth, uh, especially thinking of it in a New Testament terms of what that gift uh, could look like or is, actually. It fits perfectly if you hear it as prophecy is to speak what's revealed, and what is revealed is from Scripture. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then, then all those texts make perfect sense, rather than saying this has to be some immediate revelation um, that's new. Uh, in terms of that. And so that's, that's how I understand prophecy. I, there's some who would say prophecy is in essence preaching today. 
Um, I'm a little hesitant on that just because I think even as a preacher, you can be wrong. And again, I would want to say prophecy is, is, is the, is clearly what's been revealed and, and teaching, teaching that, um, and, uh, putting that forward. And it doesn't have to be in a formal teaching setting. Um, in fact, I don't, I, I would say that's probably the difference is that prophecy is, is saying, well, here's what the word of God says. Um, in a particular situation and having the wisdom to apply it. But I think it should be tied to actual scripture, not just if you want to say this is God and this has authority. So, so for example, uh, let, let's say that somebody has an adult child and their adult child comes home and says, you know what, I've decided that I want to have five spouses. Um, I've just decided that that's what I'd like. That makes sense. Well, prophecy would be to say, I, that's not God's will for you. Um, in fact, I know it's not because the Bible has revealed that marriage is to be between a man and a woman, even though there's some weird stuff in the Old Testament and some of the prophets were a little funky back there and all that. But, but so that's a moment of prophecy where you're saying, I am speaking clearly on what is revealed. An impression, as I hear it, would be somebody comes home and says, you know what, I, I think I'm going to start dating this guy, and I really like this guy, and this guy is great. And you as a parent or a friend say, oh, you know, it just my spirit doesn't resonate huh, with this person. There's something in, the, in this person when they're around that I don't feel comfortable with. I, I'm not sure what it is, but I just wanted to share that with you. Um, that's different. But as soon as you imbue that with God and say, I have a prophecy, you shouldn't date that person you're taking an authority that you should never take and is not biblical. And I would say, as soon as somebody says something like that, you can disregard it and say, you have nothing to offer me in this arena because you're using God to promote your own view. Show me from scripture what you have to say, and I'll listen. Don't just say, I pulled this out of thin air as God impression. Now, again, you want to share an impression, share an impression. Spiritual discernment, great. Love to hear your spiritual discernment about my dating life, um, not my personal dating life, but I don't date, I have a wife, but you know, about, about something I'm doing, saying how I'm, I, I love to have somebody give me their spiritual discernment, but don't tell me that it's a prophetic word from God because there's a difference between those two things. So. I would add to that, Kurt, that, uh, and going back to the same passage that, that Brady started this part of the conversation with in first Corinthians 14, three from Paul, about he who prophesies speaks to men for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolidation. I think that that in that conversation, like the example you just gave, that in love, the way we would respond as Christ followers is, what do we agree on? What are the truths that we agree on? And start with there, instead of dismissing what someone's saying, to start with, well, what do we agree on? And then that, that, that shows that we're not dismissing someone's conviction to whatever they are sharing with us, but that we want to test together by the word of God on if this is the, the next course of, of life for that person, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about that um, this weekend, someone actually came up to me in the lobby and said that they know for certain that Christ is coming again in July. 
And I was taken back a little bit. I was like, this July, 2021. Oh yes, I'm certain of this. I said, well, the thing I agree with you on is Christ is coming again. And how does that affect my living today? And then it kind of changed the course of our conversation into no divisive um, argument, but to an agreement. Right. And that's well handled uh, in that moment. But again, if that same person had come up to you and said, Christ is coming back this July and he told me that you should sell all of your possessions, Emily, to be ready for it. Um, again, my point is just to say, you don't even need to spend time um, saying, is this from God? You can say, no, this is a person who is using God to say what they want. Now, if they say, I have spiritual discernment for you, and I think you should sell all your possessions, then you may want to pray about it. But, but as soon as they, they tab it with God, I would say you can you can step back and say, you know what, it, you are now treading where the apostles and and people who you were used to to give us the actual words of God in Scripture tread hmm. in prophecy, and you should never put yourself at that same level, which is what you're doing whenever you say this is what God has said definitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was so I'm because I, you know, I, I love that what we're saying is let's have a healthy dose of skepticism, especially if this is from God. Let's let nothing contradict the scriptures. I mean, I think we're all in agreement of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other thing I've got to think about is c- kind of personal experiences I've had and then personal experiences of other men and women who I know love Jesus and hold a very high view of scripture of things that have happened experientially. To them, and then I've got a way that does that fall outside the bounds of what what Scripture says. So, <clears throat> for example, uh, this was about a year ago. There was a guy from the International House of Prayer, which is a beautiful concept. In the International House of Prayer, there's 24/7 praise and prayer going on in a prayer room because God is worthy of that. But it's it's a little bit more of a charismatic bent. And this guy, I went to where he, he was in Butler. Um, for something else and he was praying over me and then he stops and he said I know this might be weird for you do more do you mind if I you know prophesy over you and again I have a healthy dose of skepticism I said okay sure and he went on and it wasn't super weird um but he went on to say some things that in my spirit I was convicted about I was encouraged um some things that he said he believed God was telling him would happen came to pass some very vulnerable things. And it was exceptionally encouraging to me in that moment. And some of the things didn't come to pass until a few months later, another thing a year later. And again, you can say, well, coincidence and all that. And then I talked to some missionaries on the field who've had some very profound, powerful, what I would consider prophetic sort of things spoken over them that came to pass. Now, if they don't come to pass, you say that's fooey. I think that's why we weigh them. But if they are encouraging and they do come true, like Deuteronomy 18 says, then at least we got to give them a little more weight. And, and Kurt, I was thinking about this passage in 1 Timothy 1.18. Paul says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. And uh, I thought that was interesting, that prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. And then he, he picks up with that in uh, 4.18. Uh, Uh, I'm sorry, 4.14, he says, do not neglect your gift, Timothy, Paul says, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So I, so just when I think about kind of personal experiences, when I 
talked to some other people, again, have a very high view of scripture. God seemed to do something encouraging, what I would call prophetically. I at least have to listen and weigh that. Uh, does anything go against the bounds of scripture? And I, I see Paul saying, do not despise, you know, the gift of fact, pray for these gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. So I just, I weigh all that as well um, right. for, for what that's. But that clearly goes back to your definition of prophecy. Like I would say, I'm not despising the gift of prophecy either. Um, and, and my point would simply be to say, not that what you experienced is illegitimate or shouldn't be considered. I just wouldn't use the word prophecy. Yeah. Uh, because to me, that connotes an authority. If that same conversation happened with him saying, uh, hey, you know, I was um, in meeting you. I felt like like I had some spiritual discernment and I'd like to share it with you. I'd be like, great. I think it, to me, it's the use of the word prophecy um, that that is concerning, because I believe that that once the New Testament was completed, revelation in that sense is authoritative is completed. And I don't think you can have it both ways. And what I mean by that is I don't think you can say the person who came up to me and gave me a nice prophecy and it worked out and it encouraged me and was good. That's legitimate. But the person who made a prophecy about Donald Trump, um, that one's wrong. And because now again, what I'm doing is I'm saying prophecy is not, is not authoritative. Um, it's in the interpretation and in the hearing of it. That's authoritative. And again, you go back to the Old Testament, that's not how prophecy was received. It was authoritative, definitive. And, um, and, and again, we could get into the, the morphing. Um, I think um, one of the professors I had in seminary actually popularized this view, Wayne Grudem, with his uh, book on prophecy, where he argues quite persuasively at points for this whole idea of prophecy has morphed. But I have a good paper actually by a guy named David Farnell, who's a professor of uh, biblical studies at Southeastern Bible College. And I just mentioned that name. If you Google it, it'll come up and it'll give you the, the whole argument of Grudem, basically why it has morphed toward this. And then the whole argument why the, this person says, I, I don't think he's right. And, uh, and I find Farnell's argument persuasive as I look at it, because again, um, to me, I think, I think that's an unfortunate transition that people have made to say, oh, prophecy now means what people are saying about Donald Trump because they call it a prophecy. It means what somebody comes up to you in a lobby and says, what you know, your, your sister-in-law says when she calls and says God has this. And, and all I'm saying is I would say, can God speak today? Of course. Um, but, I, but, but I'm hesitant to ever not just say, does it contradict scripture? Am I giving it any kind of weight that's even close to scripture to me? Like it isn't just, does it contradict? Um, but I, I think it's dangerous. And we'll go back to the Trump prophecy. I mean, this is part of where we've ended with some of the Christian nationalism is people are saying, you know what? I've had spiritual leaders tell me that Donald Trump is God's anointed leader for our country right now. Therefore, it must be true. Well, what you've done, whether that's contradicted scripture or not, is you've elevated in people's minds this idea that says Donald Trump equals God's choice for the country. Um, and again, that's where I think the danger comes in. And by allowing the word prophecy to be used at all, what we're doing is we're allowing it to be thought of as being close to or equal to scripture, rather than just somebody's spiritual discernment. Now, if somebody's spiritual discernment is 
I think Donald Trump's the best choice for our country. That's my spiritual discernment. Great. I can hear that and say, but now you've, you've by your language, allowed me to say, I either discern that with you or I don't discern that with you. And, and to me, that's a much healthier approach to trying to understand um, God speaking and how people use that terminology. Because um, so often when somebody uses the phrase, God told me, or, you know, this is a prophecy, it becomes a club um, to get people to do things that they want you to do. That again, as soon as you use it, you're, you're, you're elevating it to, to unless I can prove that this contradicts scripture, um, then it's valid. And what I would say is the opposite is true. Um, and that is we shouldn't make it valid um, at all um, because it, it should have no place being um, uh, elevated to, to being close to, to, to where God is in scripture. Says. One of the things that I would be concerned about saying, let's not use the term prophecy because of how much it's used in the New Testament. So I, I, I love the idea of let's explain terms, but to just say, let's not use the word. I don't know if I could go there, but. And let me clarify. I mean, don't use it for that. Okay. I would use the term prophecy as I've defined it, which is taking clearly revealed scripture and applying it to a situation in a moment of speaking. So, so I'm not saying we shouldn't use prophecy. I'm saying that's what it should be um, when we use it rather than this person came and said, hey, I've got a word for you or Donald Trump should be our president, you know, any of those things. I wouldn't use prophecy because right. because they're they're not tied to an exact um, implication of scripture. Because once you use scripture, now we can all enter into the conversation and say, "How are we interpreting scripture here? And are you applying it correctly?" And that's the evaluation of prophecy. Uh, that that's exactly what that's talking about. Where you're saying, "Now that I've seen how you're using scripture and applying it." Now I can enter into the same debate on equal footing. You don't have some special esoteric knowledge that I don't have, and I don't have any esoteric knowledge you don't have. And we can talk about whether or not your prophecy, your interpretation, application, word of what this means is right or wrong. Um, and, and obviously that's a challenge, but, but I think that's a better understanding and and a safer place to stand. So, so I wouldn't say don't use prophecy. I'd just say don't use it for that. Okay. Well, one of the things, though, I, I think like uh, Acts chapter 11, verse 27 and following, it said, during this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and through the spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the poor. And then you, you talk about like Philip's four unmarried daughters who prophesied. And Kurt, what I was hearing you say is let's not use the term prophecy in, in terms of authority. But here you have women um, who were prophesying. Um, and, and then here you, you had an example of someone making a prediction through the spirit. Um, again, that's an axe, and certainly the canon wasn't closed then, but I, that gives me pause to just say it can't be that in terms of it cannot be in operation today. That Scriptures like that would, would give me pause. Uh, Acts 20, 22, and 23, what awaited Paul in Jerusalem, kind of a predictive nature. Um, and, and, I, and I don't disagree with you on that, Brady. I think that's a good word of caution. The only thing I would say is if somebody 
believes that they have a word from God and it doesn't come true, if we're going to take it as biblical and try to tie it all together, should they not be killed? <laughs> and I'm not suggesting that. Uh, but, but I mean, I, if you're going to try to take this all the way through, mm -hmm. false prophets were killed. Mm -hmm. And so if, uh, you know, all these people who come out with a prophecy for the year, um, I mean, you can go back and you can Google this too, like um, not to mention names, but um, Benny Hinn has always done his prophecies for the year. Um, one after another, you know, there's some that come true, but most of them don't. Um, so in what sense is that authoritative? And, and that's what I'm saying. So, so is it possible that, that God still wants to speak a future word through somebody? Sure. Um, uh, you know, do I want to be open to how the spirit of God works? But what I'm saying is, again, you can't have it both ways. Um, you can't say this is authoritative when it's accurate and it's non-authoritative when it's not. And so that's why I say I'm hesitant to use the word and attach authority to it. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's, that's my concern for the church. And again, just go back to the Donald Trump thing. Um, you know, by, by attaching authority to those prophecies, um, it has led to a lot of nonsense um, that, that I think is replicated in people's personal lives in the same way when they attach authority to something that that you can't draw a straight line from scripture. So certainly in, in the Bible, and part of what makes this sticky is, is prophets in the Old Testament did predict the future. They did speak into things um, and in a way that, that, you know, as you mentioned, the person in Acts 11, uh, that, that some of that did happen. And so, um, you know, if somebody wanted to say, hey, I want to leave that open. I'm not going to say no, but I'm just saying as a recipient, I don't feel any burden to hear somebody say that's a prophecy and go, oh, I better pay attention. Instead, I go, I'm suspicious because whatever you have to say, I'd much rather hear you couch it in that you don't think you're actually speaking for God. Um, now, again, having said that, experientially, have I had moments where I feel like God prompted me to say something, to do something? Absolutely. Um, so I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but what I'm saying is even when I think that's true, I'm very cautious not to lead with that because I can be wrong. And the very fact that I say I can be wrong means it's not a prophecy. That's how I would understand well, that. And that's where I know yeah. people in Grudem's camp would disagree. And I know that's what kind of you're saying too, Brady, is I'm not sure I would go there, but that's, that's my interpretation is, is saying once, once you say it can be wrong, then I would say it shouldn't be tabbed prophecy. It should be tabbed impression, discernment, something else, and you save prophecy for something like that. And, and again, that's the debate between charismatics and non-charismatics and some of that. Emily, you've been uh, quiet for a while. What's your, uh, what's your takeaway from this conversation? I honestly don't have much to add to, to the conversation. I, I, um, a lot of my notes aligned with what Brady has brought forth, um, and I appreciate your, your insights as well, Kurt. The one thought that just kept coming to my mind is that what I learned years ago in seminary from Dr. Dave Dorsey when Corey and I were taking classes together, and the way he described prophets of Old Testament, New Testament, and perhaps today is that they are God's covenant enforcement agents, that they are just about speaking to people what's been told to us in the scriptures, in, in God's covenant with us. And so that's the discernment piece that I'm going to use when I hear someone say that they're speaking prophecy to see if it lines up with God's scripture. Yeah. 
All right, Brady, we'll give you the last word. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we go outside of the- Unless I don't like it, and then I'll get the- no. All right. Well, I'll give a quick, quick just passage just to think through as we're talking about this. First Corinthians 14, 29, and 32. Um, if two or three prophets should speak, the others should weigh carefully what is said. I think that's a helpful thing, right? What we're saying, let's weigh what's being said. If a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop for- you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. And then 37, if anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the spirit, let them acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. And again, that goes outside our scope. We'd have to do a, uh, a study on 1 Corinthians 14. But I, what I appreciate, let's weigh it. You know, God's true. God's word is his truth. That's the bedrock. Everything else, I think, should be weighed accordingly. And then let's be open to all the gifts of the Spirit in terms of what God has for us. And so I appreciated that, Kurt. Yeah, well, great. Well, we appreciate those words. Appreciate you guys entering into the conversation. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us today as we talk through this issue. And I'm sure we'll probably circle again on this issue because there's a lot more to talk about and to unpack. Have a great day.